Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. I'm so excited that you're here with me this week and can't wait for us to dive into another amazing conversation. I've been noticing some themes pop up a lot lately in our episodes, and this actually wasn't intended, but I'm loving the synchronicity of it. So last week, we talked about post-traumatic growth and how the challenges we face in life can actually propel us forward and lead to opportunities we never expected. And in keeping up with this theme, we're actually talking about healing from heartache with the one and only Tal Yardini. So it's very cool. We're really getting into a lot of episodes lately about resilience, and that's going to continue throughout the next few. So I'm very, very excited for you to get to hear these. Now, this week's guest, Tall, is a breakup recovery coach who helps clients through her breakup to badass formula, guiding women through the healing process and teaching them how to love themselves again. In our conversation, Tall shares her key tips for getting through a difficult breakup and what we can do to build ourselves back up once we've accepted that the relationship is truly over. We talk about connecting to your intuition through free writing, giving ourselves the closure we crave, how we can boost our confidence after a relationship ends, and the power of going inward in difficult times. She shares so many great insights in this episode, and I know you're going to get a lot out of it. Our sponsor for today's episode is Vivu. Vivu is an at-home wellness tracker that gives you personalized recommendations based on your hydration, ketones, pH levels, white blood cells, liver and kidney function, and much more. They've also added some new parameters to the app, like oxidative stress and magnesium, which have been huge eye-openers for me personally. How it works, download the free Vivu app, pee on one of the sticks provided, and scan it into the app to receive your tips based on health goals, dietary preferences, and more. The advice is really tailored to our individual needs, so if you include in your profile, for example, that you're gluten-free, the app will never tell you to consume gluten. If you want to get into ketosis, the app will notate that, and it will change up your parameters accordingly. It is such a cool tracker, and we actually had Vivu's founder, Mirai Typhoon, on episode 26 of the show if you'd like to learn more. If you want to try Vivu for yourself, listeners get 20% off their purchase with code VALERIE20. That's V-A-L-E-R-I-E 20, no spaces. I have linked everything in the show notes as well. All right, friends, now on to today's episode with Tal Yardini. Hi, Tal. Thank you so much for joining us at Wellness of Wanderlust. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you on. I love the work that you're doing. And before we really dive into that, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and just tell us a little about you. Yeah, of course. So I am a breakup recovery coach. I work primarily with women and I have a program called the Breakup to Badass Formula. And it's a three-month group coaching program where I help you let go of your ex. I teach you how to learn how to love the F out of yourself and then be ready for your best relationship yet. That is awesome. And I think so needed, <laughs> especially, you know, as we're getting into a new year and people may be looking to kind of let go of the past year, mm-hmm. whatever may have happened. And I'd love to know, first of all, what led into your transition to becoming a breakup recovery coach? Yeah. So I was a singer and an actress in New York City for 13 years and then the pandemic happened and everything shut down. And um, during that time, I was going through my own breakup and heartbreak. And so I was taking time to reflect and process and and doing a lot of healing work. And I was kind of, you know, just trying to figure out like what my next move was going to be in terms of career wise. And 
this came to me, it felt right to coach, but specifically to coach women around breakups and, and just heartbreak in general, because I felt like I had so much experience in that arena. Like I could really empathize because I'd been there. So yeah, so I decided to get certified as a life and relationship coach and then really hone in on my niche and really decide like, who do I want to help specifically? And I created what I had wished that I had had for myself, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I, I think honestly, so often the work that we do, it's the, the resource you wish you had had, mm-hmm. right? And I think that it's so incredible what you're doing Thank because, you. yeah, well, breakups are such an isolating time for us. I think it's so easy to feel alone in that time. And especially, I think, you know, so many of our listeners are women in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. And it's a time where people are starting families and going on to that next, like, quote unquote, next step, whatever that might look like. And it can be really hard when you don't feel that what you're doing is in, a, in, is in line with that. And you also really care about and miss the person. Absolutely. I always say, you know, a breakup and or divorce or separation, it's like a death. It, it, the grieving process is is similar. The only difference is the person's still alive. Yeah. And I think what's different too is that if you went through a difficult breakup and maybe the, the support system you have, it's a little bit different in a sense where with the death, no matter what the relationship looked like at the time, people are coming to you with that sympathy. And I think with that breakup, what's so hard is maybe everyone knows and you even know yourself that it was for the best, but it's still so hard. And when people say, you know, well, you're better off without him. And it's like, <laughs> but I don't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's so well intentioned, you know, it's, it's, you know, they mean well, but it's so that, you know, the person going through it, that's not what they need to hear. And it's not helpful to them because they're like, sure, but I'm still feeling so much pain. And, and, and you're right, it's not treated the same, which is unfortunate because really during that time, people should be able to take time off from work. They should be able to hone in on their self-care and, and take the time for themselves because it is, it's traumatic in many ways. Yeah, I feel like you're experiencing very similar grief. So definitely something that, you know, the type of work you're doing is so needed for someone going through this. We we think about having coaches for maybe specific health goals, very tangible. Right. But yeah, not necessarily for the relationships and for getting out of a maybe difficult, you know, just going through a difficult life transition like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something that I think most people don't even know is available out there. And Mm -hmm. so it's different from therapy, which I love therapy and I'll never poo-poo therapy. I, you know, I have a wonderful therapist, but it's a different kind of work, right? So in therapy, you're really, you're looking at your past, which will inform why things play out the way that they do in the present while coaching really is focused on your future and where do you go from here? So, you know, when you have, when I have someone come to me, that's in this really difficult place in their lives, usually it's not like a one-off thing. It's, it's a few relationships that have kind of ended up the same way. And this, this last one is like the one where it's like, something's got to change. And so it's so much more than just healing from the breakup. It's really working on, yourself and focusing in on yourself and what do you need for yourself and how do we build you up in a way so that when you are ready for a relationship again, you're not going to be attracting the same kind of partners because that's no longer going to be attractive to you. Yeah. I think it's so true that like, you know, the way you do one thing is the way that you do all things and it's, 
so much of how we all, I think, approach the relationships romantic in our lives. It's very similar to how we might approach other situations that we've experienced. And I think to be doing this type of work, you can really improve and enhance so many different things and figure out what it is you want. And I also think it's just something that we we don't often think of, but it is a transition, but it can be a transition into something really good and kind of that time to manifest and bring in whatever it is we want, whether it's that next relationship and getting out of those patterns or bringing in just other stages of our lives and other opportunities. So I think first and foremost, and I think especially coming out of the holiday season, it can be really challenging, especially being single and <laughs> so if you're going through a breakup, maybe you've just experienced the breakup. What should we do first and foremost to start the healing journey? I always say one of the first things you need to do, which is one of the hardest things, and my clients will always fight me on this, <laughs> is you have to go no contact. And it's beyond just not reaching out to one another. It's really making yourself unavailable to your ex anymore. And it's about not cyber stalking and looking them up on social media, seeing what they're up to, what their friends are up to, trying to gather information like a detective. Like we really have to accept, and it's hard, that they're just not part of your life anymore. And so that's a, a hard transition, but it's so important because if you try to keep them in your life in some way, you think that you're going to kind of ease the pain, but really you're prolonging the pain. Because yeah. you have access to them, but it's in such a different way than the way that you had access to them when you were in a relationship. So when you don't hear from them, when it's inconsistent, or when you see a picture of them and it looks like their life is amazing and you're feeling like crap, it's going to just make you feel worse. And we start to make, all sort, make up all sorts of stories about what we're seeing when we really don't have the full picture. So that is the first step for sure. Yeah. And I mean, who is this girl that's liking all of his photos? Right. And who, or who is the girl in the photo? <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? It could be a cousin, but you don't know. Yeah, it's very challenging. And it's something, I think it's so hard to have that discipline sometimes, but it definitely makes a lot of sense. How do you recommend going? I mean, do you recommend blocking or what does that look like? Yeah, if you can block, you know, uh, some, some of my clients have children, right? With their ex. So co-parenting is involved. So Blocking is not an option, but there are boundaries that can be put in place in terms of communication. But I, I do recommend blocking if you can. And if it was like a, you know, like not every breakup is like, oh my gosh, this was a toxic person. It was just maybe values weren't aligned or this is just as far as the relationship goes. But there could be a conversation, you know, like for my healing, I really need you to not contact me right now. This is what I need to do for myself. It's not personal, but this is what I need. Um, and it's really, this is just, this is the first step of really stating your needs and being able to voice the uncomfortable. So I do recommend that. I do recommend unfollowing on all social media. I think it's important because you will have those moments. And I say it because I've been there. You will have those moments when you're either bored or you're feeling lonely and you're going to be, you know, I call it doom scrolling <laughs> because yeah. that's what, that's what happens. And you're going to think it's really harmless. But then when you do it for an hour, and then you're like, gosh, I feel even worse. It's because it's really harming you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've had times where I was broken up with the person for several years, had no even real romantic feelings toward them at that point, knew it was the right thing, and still got that twinge when I saw them with that next person on social Right, three years later. And it's just there's no there's no good that really comes from, from that necessarily. Exactly. So that's you three years later. So now imagine like you're in the thick of it and you're looking at yeah. these pictures or you're looking them up or you text because you just want to say hi. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Now say that you've done the no contact. Thankfully you're not seeing anything from that person. You're not in touch with them, but you're still, it's difficult, right? You're somebody that was part of your life and now they're not. What are the next steps then in the, in the healing journey? Yeah. So there's no, you know, there's no bypassing this experience. I always say this, there's no, like when you work with me, I'm not taking your pain away, right? We're just using this in a way where it's going to grow you. So it's really, this is the time to really go inward. What happens is, is that you can be no contact, but if you are still stuck in that story of what they did, how they hurt you, you know, all about them, then it it keeps you from moving forward because we have to take responsibility for our side of the street. And this isn't to shame and blame and, or any of that, but it's sure it could have been, they were terrible, right? But my side of the street could have been, but why did I choose to stay in this? The moment that the red flag came up, why did I choose to stay? So it's really being able to heal those parts of us, you know, and and really focusing in on self-love. Because when you know your worth and your value, you won't put up with this kind of behavior anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's definitely something I think you're so right, not necessarily blaming ourselves, but taking that responsibility. I was in a relationship in my early 20s that was verbally, emotionally abusive, thankfully did not get physical. Thank you. And I think so many of us have gone through that that don't necessarily recognize it in the moment or realize it, but how common it really is. And while I certainly can't blame myself for things that were said to me or what have you, there are certain things that I did pick up on very quickly in the relationship that I can at least look back and say, hey, this is something that instead of giving this person the benefit of the doubt, this was really not a benefit of the doubt thing. This is really something. And maybe why why am I looking past this type of thing and kind of going deeper? And it brings me back to childhood even. And it's, it's so interesting. Like it's it's unfortunate that the lesson had to be learned, but it's, it's interesting kind of going back and exploring that a little bit. Absolutely. Of course, it's not your fault when someone is abusive, right? So I'm definitely not saying, what did you do to deserve this kind of abuse? Absolutely not. But it's, it's exactly what you said. You know, you had a gut feeling or a hunch, or there was something that maybe today is very black and white for you that it's non-negotiable, but then maybe you weren't so sure or you thought, oh, maybe this will change or maybe it's not so bad. We negotiate things in our head, you know, when we know, but the initial hunch might've been, ooh, something's not right here. And I explore that with my clients in my program because I want you to get into a place of you trust your intuition because, oh my gosh, a woman's intuition is so strong, right? But we don't trust it. And so we wait for scenarios to play out and go, oh, oh, yeah, I do remember feeling something about this, but I didn't have the proof, so I went ahead anyway. And I am really getting you into a place where you're gonna, you're so aligned, you know, you're so aligned spiritually as well that you, you feel something's off, and that's enough of a hunch for you to go, hmm, I don't know that I want to entertain this anymore, or I have a question around this, or something's off, and I need to, I need to state something here, 
Whereas before you might've stayed silent or you might've been like, oh, you're just, you're, you're overthinking this. You know, we do this thing in mm-hmm. our head where we, where we negotiate and we're like, oh, it's not so bad. Yeah. Oh, I was told, you know, especially as a child, oh, well, you're being, you know, you're being tough on this person. You're being overly critical. And nine times out of 10, really 99 times out of a hundred, I was right. The person was, I can't say horrible, but the person, the, whatever it was about the person, I was, I was right about my hunch was correct. And instead I gave them the benefit of the doubt. And it's not just in romantic situations, but even just friendships and like, you know, just first impressions that really there were red flags that came up and I decided to ignore them out of, I think, I think as women too, we, we have that strong intuition, but we're also told to question ourselves so much. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and you said some really interesting things, you know, when your experience is invalidated, right? Like you're being too tough or you're being too sensitive. That's one that women get a lot. You're being too sensitive, right? And especially if you're in a relationship and an unhealthy dynamic, then most likely, even if you do voice that something's coming up for you, that person is going to come at you in some way. I don't know if that happened in your relationship or not, but I know for me, when I think about one of my uh, relationship specifically, whenever I would voice something that I knew was off or wrong, I was attacked. So then it became, oh my gosh, well, if I bring this up, then it's going to be an argument or Mm -hmm. I'm going to be attacked or he's going to get really defensive. So then you start to shut down. Oh yeah. Yeah. At best, this person would kind of play devil's advocate with me. Or if I, even if I had a complaint about something going on with a coworker or with a friend, he always took the side of the other person and was, you know, really, maybe it's you. And I mean, we of course need to kind of look at ourselves in those situations, but it was every single time. So then when it did come down to my concerns in the relationship, well, it was definitely me and it was my emotional instability and all of those things that once I was far enough out of the relationship, I thought, wow, I'm not emotionally unstable anymore. So clearly (laughs) clearly it was the situation. It wasn't me. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But sometimes we need some space from it to be able to even see that when women come to me at first, it's like, you're not always going to see that lesson right away. Yeah. Because you're so deep in it. So I can't go, what do you think the lesson is here? Yeah. (laughs) You know, because you're going to be like, I don't freaking know. Okay. Like I'm in so much pain. I miss this person. I know that I shouldn't, but I do. And so there's like a lot of shaming and blaming and guilt. And there's just so much going on that you're not always going to see that right away. But then when you start to have a little bit more space, usually like one month in, there'll be like an aha moment where like the woman will go, oh, actually, I'm, I'm starting to see this relationship in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's so powerful when we get to that point. And I'd love to know for so many of us, again, that that intuition is something that we are innately, we have it, but we can struggle with it. We've been kind of taught, conditioned to turn it off. When we're going through this process and kind of coming back to ourselves, how do we, what can we do to start to trust ourselves and our intuition again? Yeah. So when someone tells me, I I don't know about my, like, I don't trust my intuition or I don't know, then I'll ask you to go back. I'm sure you've had moments in your life where your intuition was spot on, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't know why you just got this hit. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, don't go down that road or maybe you should wait five minutes or 10, you know what I mean? And then something, something transpires and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so glad that I waited or I can't really explain it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so once they're able to tap into that, then I, then I go, so you see that there are moments that you don't know why you got the hit that you did, but you did. 
And that was protection in some form. Now, when you're being deliberate about tapping into your intuition, you start to tune in and it's really, it's really checking in with your gut and seeing how you feel around something, right? So if I'm sitting with someone and I'm feeling uneasy, what is that about? Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's guidance right there. Yeah. That's, that's absolute guidance. So your feeling, your gut feeling, that is an indicator. And, you know, in my program specifically, I have you work with your angels, your guides, because they're available to you at all times and they're just waiting to help. And this sounds a little woo, but they're there, you know, they're there and they're waiting to help you. You just have to call on them. So how does that work exactly? Because I've always been so curious about that. I feel like I, I have one angel in mind of, of mine that, that I turn to just for, I think sometimes that support and that, you know, you can do this kind of thing. But in general, I think working with our angels and our guides, it's something again, you know, you mentioned woo and I, I love the woo, but how do we do that? How do we start to, especially if that's not something that we think we've done in the past? Yeah, I would free write. And so the way that that looks is you take out a piece of paper and you say, you know, you free write angels of the highest good. Thank you for revealing to me what you would have me know about. And then whatever the situation is, right? Whatever the specific situation is that you want guidance on. And then you start to write and the stuff that will come up for you that will come through your penmanship will be astounding because it's coming it's not coming, even though you are writing it, this is the guidance. That is so cool. That's something I definitely, I've always been meaning to try this. And I think this is a, um, just at a crossroads in another area of my life too. And I definitely am going to have to call on this. And I also just love to write. And so I think, you know, what a, what an incredible practice. And I think it's so accessible for us, even if, you know, for those who maybe are skeptical and think, well, I don't know if I have a guide or whatever that may be, well, then free write and see kind of what, what does your intuition bring? Right, right. And if that feels a little too, you know, again, if that feels a little too out there for you, then tap into your gut feeling and get really still with yourself when you're wanting information, ask the question there and then tap in and see what comes up for me. How am I feeling? Or if I'm around someone, let me be really present. And I always say this, like when you're starting to date again, notice how you're feeling. Now, of course, people are going to get anxious and you know, all that stuff that comes up because we get triggered and from past experiences. But how do I feel around this person? Is there a sense of ease and peace or does something feel really off? And I just can't quite, can't quite name it you know? Yeah. So when it comes down to dating again, because I think that that's something that I think we can feel very tempted to jump right back into Mm -hmm. it. Others will, I've gone both ways with this where I've either, um, I've joked that I either have a really quick um, rebound period that turns into a full-blown relationship, or I'll go a couple of years without talking or even looking at anyone. And there does not seem to be an (laughs) in-between. And I'm sure there are others who kind of fall into the same boat. How do we know first and foremost, when are we ready to go back into that world again? And once we are, how do we avoid, and I guess this is a big question, you know, maybe two parts, but how do we avoid getting back into the same pattern that we've been drawn to? It's a great question. And I'll start with people always think that, so I'll, I'll talk about the the rebound first because I've been there as well, right? We, yeah. we want to get out of our pain and we go, oh, so get into another relationship. You know, it's that terrible advice that gets given all the, you know, that's given all the time, just get back out there. (laughs) And it's horrible advice because just get back out there is going to land you in the same situation. 
right? So it's not going to take anything away. And if you haven't healed some of this stuff, then it's going to come up and it's going to play itself in the relationship again, because the lesson comes around again and again and again until we learn it. And that's just how it goes. So, you know, so first things first is that you really want to, once you have acceptance that the relationship is over, meaning that you're no longer, you know, there's a period where I think we tend to go, well, maybe they'll come back. Or if only these things would change, we would be perfect together. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of like in fantasy land a little bit. But when we get to a point where we accept that it's over, that's step one. So accepting that it's over, accepting that this person is no longer part of your life and you are moving forward. Second step is, you know, the the work that we talked about before is really building yourself back up, right? It's that self-love, it's that self-worth, it's knowing your values and your non-negotiables, being able to look at the red flags that you might've missed. Like you really know what's important to you. You know what are non-negotiables in your life. And when you know your values, then it's going to be so easy for you to be discerning when you're dating. Because if someone's not lined up, well, that's a no, right? Mm -hmm. Because our values, you know, you want shared values. And so not everything has to be the same. But if there are things that are like, oof, we're just not, like this could be a great person, but we're just totally not on the same page when it comes to what matters, Mm -hmm. then there's your answer, right? Yeah. Because I've been in those relationships where I always thought, you know, hey, if we lived on a desert island and there was, there were, you know, there were no governments, there were no this or that, we and we weren't going to raise children together, we'd be perfect, we'd be very happy. Yeah, we'd be <laughs> if you were a different person, we would be amazing together. Yes. <laughs> If the real world didn't exist. <laughs> right. Totally. And I laugh because I've so been there. I have done yeah. this in my head with person. You know, if you would just change these things that like this is fundamentally who you are. But if you would just change it, we would be great. Yeah. my That was my college boyfriend where I thought this is a great college relationship. We mm-hmm. can never raise children together because we are so fundamentally different when it comes to religion, politics, all of that. And he's very politically active where mm-hmm. it was just something that I'm like, yeah, this is very wrong, but it didn't make it easier. But then at the same time, I think with more distance and in, in that and being very upfront in the future when, when dating about this is how I feel about certain things. And, and if you don't feel that way, that's totally fine, but this is important. But I think recognizing too, hey, he ended up getting married shortly after that, had children. And I think, wow, this is, you know, when I do see the life and I don't follow him, we don't follow each other on social media, but we did have a mutual friend for a while. And when I heard about, hey, this is what his life looks like. And, you know, now it's been almost 10 years. I think, wow, this is not where I would have wanted my life to be in 10 years, like the the way that they're living. And I, but I think that he's very happy. And so to see that, hey, some people, th- th- that was an example of a relationship where it wasn't a toxic relationship, but it was something that just would never work out past, you know, age 22, I would say. Yeah. I think that helps so much. And then recognizing too, that some people are just wrong for you. And there, there are more people out there that bring us down than we realize. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that there's such a power in that. And I think that's almost a confidence boost in a sense, when you realize that, Hey, it's not that I'm a crate, like a quote unquote crazy person. It's that this is not aligned and this is not what I deserve. Absolutely. And you know, the question I would have for you is, you know, even then when you knew that like future wise, it wasn't going to work, I'm sure it was still really painful for you to break up. Is that would that is that right? Yeah, 
loved yeah. him and I I still have nothing but love and respect mm-hmm. and yeah there were a lot of really there were a lot of things that we were very compatible on and had a lot of fun and it was someone who really treated me well and so to see that hey there's someone that I'm really attracted to that I really care about that it's never going to work in the real world that was a definitely a morning especially because so many of the people around me my friends are all very much aligned I think with with a lot of my values and mm-hmm. so they were very much like hey you guys were never going to work out and they're so right but it's still very hard to accept that and again, in that mourning process, like when somebody dies, you're never going to say, well, it's great that they died. Right. And, you know, you're better right. off. Right. <laughs> but with the relationship, certainly like, yeah, you, you could do so much. And it, again, it is to help us, but yeah, it was a difficult mourning process for sure. And um, yeah. And now like, it's a blessing, right? Cause like you said, Absolutely. like, but then to tell someone it's a blessing, it's like, shut up. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm yeah. really, I'm feeling this right now. And that's just, it's not helpful. It's just not, but I get, but I, I totally understand. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, people are like, oh, well, if they were toxic, it would make it so much easier. Not necessarily breakups, no. just in general, you're just grieving. Basically you're grieving a future, you know, yeah. you're grieving a future of what you thought or what you wanted, you know, yeah. that's, that's no longer going to be. Yeah. And you know, something else that you mentioned and you know, you talked about the self-care and building yourself back up. And I loved, I loved what you said at the beginning, the loving the F out of yourself. <laughs> can you talk to me a little bit about what that looks like and what some of those practices can be? Because I'd imagine for anybody listening, whether they're going through the breakup right now, they're thinking about going through, you know, they're thinking about ending something, or if you're just in that transitional time where you're like, I have to figure out what's next for me. That that self-love is something that I think no matter how accomplished we are and how amazing we are, we struggle with it. So I'd love to know what that looks like. Yeah. So self-love in a nutshell, right? It's it's no longer abandoning ourselves. You know, we show yeah. up for ourselves. We show up in our lives. And it's how do we tend to ourselves? How do we speak to ourselves? We are our own worst critic. You want to know like who your worst enemy is? It's yourself. Because yeah sit with your thoughts and really pay attention to that dialogue that goes on in your head. And the dialogue that goes on in your head, I always say, would you ever speak this way to anyone else? And I talk to my clients and they're like, oh my God, no. Mm-hmm. I'm like, then why do you think it's okay to speak this way to yourself? I want you to treat yourself. This is a lot of the work that we do is I want you to treat yourself the way that you would a child. I want you to treat yourself the way that you would. I would say like, think of the person that you love the most Mm -hmm. and the way that you speak to them. And I want you to treat yourself in the same way, that kindness, that compassion, the grace, all of that. You need to turn that on, turn the dial up and you need to turn it on yourself. What does that look like for us? Is that in action or is that like, are there specific exercises that people do or how does that work? Yeah. So there's obviously it's, it's a, it's a way of life, right? But one of the things is that we're always taking care of everyone else before we're taking care of ourselves. So one of the things that I teach is I teach you a morning routine because I want you to be so grounded before you walk out the door or before you start your day, before you, you know, you turn on the computer or you go to you know, Instagram or whatever it is, I really want you to learn what it means to start taking care of yourself and prioritizing yourself. So every morning you start off with specific exercises 
to make sure that you're in a space, like when we take care of ourselves and we're grounded, you're going to have a much better day than if you just wake up and you run to your phone and you just start, you start the day, you're already a little bit frazzled. You're not really grounded and you're kind of all over the place. So you take the time to like quiet the mind and really get in touch with yourself and set yourself up in a way and connect with yourself so that, you know, I always say like, you want to, we're going to get to a place where you look in the mirror and you like the woman that you see. And I'm not talking like on a superficial level of like, Oh my God, I look good. Like that's great too. But you really like, you see your, your own best friend as opposed to like your own worst enemy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It goes so beyond what we're seeing physically in the mirror, but do I like myself? Am I happy in the things that I'm doing? Do I feel like I'm living in alignment with what it is that I want? I mean, there's so there's so much. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's not just one thing. It's it's a it's a culmination of things, but doing all of these things, you make it a habit. And it becomes a habit to take care of yourself. It becomes a habit to, oh, okay, I'm going to I'm going to reframe this thought that I'm having because how can I be more kind and compassionate to myself in this moment? right? Because like, especially, you know, when you're going through a breakup, you're going to have thoughts where you miss your ex, even if they were a douchebag, like you're going to, these thoughts are going to come up. And so you can shame yourself and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm so stupid for how could I, how did I allow this? Or you can start to reprogram and go, you know what? I did the best that I could at the time. Mm -hmm. And so now I know better. And it's normal that I would feel this way. Cause a lot of women think like I shouldn't, you know, there's a lot of like shooting. I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't that. I shouldn't. I was like, you shouldn't, but you do. So either you can continue to be angry with yourself or feeling the way that you do, or you allow yourself to feel what you feel. And when you allow yourself to feel what you feel, you move through it. Yeah. It can be so challenging because I think we just don't want to feel it at all. And I've been so guilty of like masking it with other things. And I think all of us have. For me, a lot of times it just ends up being me being really busy or eating the thing yeah. <laughs> and just not feeling it. And I found so often that when I actually just sit with it and cry, it it doesn't last very long. You kind of move through it or just going outside. It's like, okay, I'm just going to walk around for a little bit and feel this and kind of let it move through me. And again, it's not, you're not going to be feeling it. you probably won't even be feeling it the whole day if you kind of release it. You can get the worst of it out at that time and then kind of move on to the next thing. And maybe there is a little bit of a feeling of numb for a little bit, but hey, I can sometimes instead of eating, like I remember I wanted to order a pizza once when I was so depressed over, I don't even remember if it was a guy or if it was a work thing or what. And it was something where I knew I was going to feel sick after I ate it. And I thought, well, I could do that or, you know, and then feel sick. And then I'm physically feeling unwell for the rest of the day. Or let me just like stop for a minute. And I just cried. And I think five minutes later, that was, I was like, okay, now what? And I just went and did the things that were on my list for the day. And I was kind of feeling like the worst of it, at least for that time was kind of up and I could kind of move forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate to what you're saying because we're we're always numbing in some kind of way or we're always escaping in some kind of way, which is why people rush into dating because they don't want to feel they don't want to feel the emotions that are coming up for them. But you're absolutely right that when you allow yourself to fully feel, it will pass and it will move through you. And that's exactly what I work with women on is that, you know, I never want to negate what you're feeling. I never want to minimize what you're feeling. But there are specific things we can do where we work through what you're feeling 
and you come out on the other side and you actually feel lighter because you allowed yourself to fully feel instead of, you know, shaming yourself or numbing out or escaping from it. Now, this doesn't mean that we wallow in it. It just means that we allow ourselves the emotions that are coming up for us instead of being upset, being upset for being upset. And how do we like kind of walk that line where we're dealing with it in an almost productive way? And I mean, not necessarily productive as in checking everything off, but how do we kind of move our way through it versus getting into that wallowing feeling? Because I almost feel like when you're wallowing, I, I know for me when I'm wallowing is when I really feel stuck in it. Yeah. A lot of the wallowing comes in. There are these questions that come up in breakups. Why did they treat me this way? Why did it, why wasn't it this? Why there's all these whys, right? And so you don't have the answer and you most likely won't have the answer to many of them, which will keep you stuck. And so I find that when, you know, my clients are wallowing, it's because there are all of these questions that they want answers to. And they think that when they have the answers, then they'll be able to move on. And so we work around, how do you give yourself acceptance without ever having the answer from them, the quote unquote closure? How can you come to a place where you accept and you say, okay, I will maybe never know the reason why I was treated in this way, or I may never know the reason why they cheated. And it doesn't, and that's actually not helpful to me in knowing because it's actually not going to me. If someone, and I would say this, you know, someone goes, you know, I really want to know why they cheated. And I said, and if they told you why they cheated, do you really think that you would feel better? And they think about it for a moment and they go, no, I guess I wouldn't. I was like, yeah, because in what world is that going to make you feel better? That's giving your power away. Take your power back. Yeah. You know that it wasn't okay, right? So leave it at that. It wasn't okay. Why? The why doesn't matter. The it wasn't okay is what matters. And use that to move you forward. So it's really about getting present with yourself and, you know, really checking in and being present with like, what are the thoughts that are coming up? Yeah. I definitely can relate to the, I think I, I can fall into the starting to do the detective work, whether it's online or with the person where I was just asking, asking, asking. And I've never found that having that information has actually been helpful to me. Oh, yeah. You know, I always say like, you think that closure is going to be the thing, but you can give yourself closure because mm-hmm. you can just decide that this treatment was not okay and i am no longer going to be focused on why they did what they did i just know that it wasn't okay and i didn't deserve to be treated this way and so needing to know why you know if someone says like you don't need someone to tell you i hurt you in order for you like i'm sorry that i hurt you yeah. right because you know like unless it's coming with changed behavior cuz it's not that apologies aren't helpful they are when they come with changed behavior but if someone goes I know that I hurt you, but nothing on my end is going to change. It's not helpful. No. And I think ultimately, most of the time, you're not going to get the answers that you're looking for anyway. And if you do, it's not going to be as satisfying as you want it to be. I've gotten that quote unquote closure. And it's like, okay, like it came, it can, it came years later when I was like, so not in a, I was so over it, you know, like I wasn't, there was a time where I really needed it and wanted it. And then it came years later. And when it came, I was like, hmm. Yeah. Wow, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And yeah, I've already processed so much of this. Like I didn't even need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't change anything. It wasn't meant for us. And mm-hmm. there's something better out there. Mm-hmm. It's getting into that place of knowing and believing for yourself that you absolutely deserve what it is that you want. And when you know that for yourself, you will no longer settle for breadcrumbs. You know, they won't, it just won't be attractive to you. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's such power in that. Again, that like can really be a confidence boost for us after going through something so painful. You know, I'd love to know in general with with confidence, and I think this ties back into the self-love, but I think it can be really deflating when you're going through the breakup, especially, you know, it could be on either end of it, but, you know, especially if you were on the receiving end or if, if they had done something that was harmful to you. But in general, no matter what, I think it can be really difficult. What are some things we can do to boost our confidence after that relationship ends? Yeah, I think the big question is always like, what was it about me or why wasn't I good enough? And so it's, again, really getting honest, like looking at that person. And if a person is emotionally unavailable, there's no amount of anything that you could have done that's going to change them, right? Because there's a part of them that is completely shut off to what is required in a relationship, which is vulnerability. So, you know, it's going to be really hard for you at first to believe that it wasn't about you, that it wasn't your fault, that you, you know what I mean? And so it's really also, you know, I always say like, make sure like what you're listening to, what you're watching is uplifting. This is not the time. Sure. You're going to have plenty of moments of like having a good cry, but I always say like, this is not the time to like blast Adele 24 seven. This is not the time yeah. to, you know, watch the most depressing movies. Like you need to also be proactive in this and making sure that you are watching things that are uplifting to you, surrounding yourself with people who really see you and appreciate you and are going to speak into you what you can't quite see for yourself yet. Yeah. I love that. I mean, cause you are the sum of whoever you're spending the most time with and the same thing goes for whatever it is that you're watching. And there are just some things when I'm going through it, I can't watch this. Right. It's just going to be difficult for me. It's going to bring me down and it doesn't need to. Right. I remember when I was going through my breakup. So I love like, this is my guilty pleasure. Like I love reality TV. It's my guilty pleasure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but during that time, I cannot watch it because it it's so like anxiety. Me too. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I, I was like, I can't watch any kind of housewives because it's always at a 10 and I feel like I'm at a 10. And so it was like the, for months I couldn't watch it. And now like, you know, I'm in a different space so I can watch it and I can look at it and you know, I see it for its ridiculousness, but it's yeah. highly entertaining. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but at that time, absolutely not. Yeah. I can't watch any of the bachelor stuff when I'm going through it. Yeah. I can't watch a breakup. If I've gone through a breakup, I will cry for the other people. And I usually only cry watching things if like an animal dies. So oh. I just can't. And then like the, even the 90 day fiance type of things, like I can't watch those when I'm dealing with really a crisis in general. It's not it's not helpful for me. And the only thing remotely reality I can watch is maybe more of the documentary or the self-improvement type of thing. Right. Like, clean their house or something yeah. it's kind of calming that I can handle yeah yeah <laughs> but are they doing crazy things on tv and are they going through an, a horrible breakup or are people acting really inappropriately no we're gonna we're gonna switch to stand up or something exactly. yeah exactly yeah. exactly or we're gonna learn about history we're gonna do something very very different yeah absolutely yeah. and like this is the time you know we were talking about like how you said that you would maybe like get really busy. I don't know if it was like with work or whatnot, but I know that a lot mm -hmm. of people will like throw themselves into work, mm -hmm. but it's really the time to not quite do that yet. You know, there will be a time where you are going to pick up speed and momentum, but in the beginning to just try to make yourself so busy again, you're robbing yourself of a beautiful opportunity, which is the growth. 
you know, relationships are there, whether they're for a season, for a short moment, you know, they are there to help us grow. So this is the opportunity now to take that time and really heal. And then, and then you'll be able to see the lesson in it. And then you're going to be motivated in your life to go out and do the things that you love. You know, this is, like I said, like my program is three months and usually around one month, like the women have profound, profound results because they're being proactive in their healing instead of just the time will is what's going to heal me because you know there are people that 3 years have gone by and that that breakup is still very raw to them because it hasn't been processed in a way that needs to be so that they can actually move forward yeah i went through that in like in my 20s where i ended up jumping into it was a it was a rebound that turned into a full on relationship it was a really difficult relationship and I wasn't over the last one and Mm -hmm. it took a very long time and there was so much that was unhealed for me and it it just took a while to really get in like to get in touch with myself and to understand why I was doing certain things the way I was doing them and why I was allowing certain behaviors and then also just to recognize that hey some of the things that are being said to me are not okay but I wasn't really in the mindset even to to be responding in the way that I would. And had I given myself that space, I I always have wondered, and I, I don't really ruminate on this anymore, but I wondered for a long time, like, could I have avoided this altogether? I think a lot of times we would rather not experience the lesson if we could. Right. But at the same time, I mean, it did, it did make me stronger in a sense and certainly is something that I'm, I'm hyper aware in a sense of certain behaviors and there are things mm-hmm. that I wouldn't put up with moving forward. But that has been from a lot of time and space from the situation. Right. Absolutely. I always say, you know, when, especially when a woman's like, I'm, I'm of a certain age. And so I really desire a relationship and that's really what I want for myself. And I always say like, I totally, I completely understand, but do you want to date from the place where this is how you're currently feeling and you're not feeling so great about yourself and there's a lot of shaming and blaming going on and you haven't really processed the breakup and there's a lot of grief or do you want to give it some time really pour into yourself take this time to really build yourself up know what it is that you want love yourself so fiercely you've got your own back that you're going to be dating from a place of not from a place of scarcity like oh my gosh like I really want this thing because everyone else has this thing and I feel like I should have this thing already but from a place of like, I know how freaking amazing I am. So I know there's another amazing person out there. And so I'm excited to just get out there and see who I jam with, right? And it's not coming from this place of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my, you know, like all those, which are very, they're valid feelings. But when you start to, you know, like one of my clients recently, she sent me a picture of herself with her boyfriend and they're in love and he's so kind and it's just a completely different relationship than the one she came to me, you know, the one that she was healing, you know, this, the person that she was in a relationship on and off for four years, like she thought this was her person and he treated her terribly. And it really took her building herself up and and really taking an honest look and inventory and going, okay, look, I see the part that I played. I see what's important to me. I see my value and it's not dependent on whether someone else sees it or not. It's because I know who I am and I know what I bring to the table. And she dated from that place, which is why she attracted differently. Exactly. It's it's such a different you have to do something different if you want a different result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I love that. I think that that is truly life changing for the people that you're working with. And I think for many of us to just be 
again, like shifting our perspective on this and not rushing into the next thing so that we can check it off the list and be ready for the, you know, to have babies or whatever it is, but instead to be intentional and to show up in the right, from the right space. I would love to ask you more about how your program works and more about how our listeners can find you and connect. Um, Before we do that, I do have some rapid fire questions I'd love to ask you as well. Awesome. Well, first of all, what would you say is your top wellness tip? I would say take care of yourself spiritually, emotionally, and physically because they're all connected. So it's not just focusing on one thing. It's maybe doing a little bit of everything, but making sure that you're really tending to yourself in all areas because they all permeate into different parts of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. The more that I've really, I think this show is really going to be originally about more food and nutrition. And the more I've kind of delved into this area and starting to really talk with different people, no matter what the physical really does tie to the emotional and mental, spiritual, Mm -hmm. and there's just so many, I mean, you can't have one without the other. So I think, yeah, having those practices all there. Now, my next one for you, where is your favorite travel destination? Italy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love it so much. I don't know if you're into what, have you watched White Lotus season two? I have not, I do not have HBO. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, they take, it takes place in Sicily and it's like, it's just my dream. Like I I was watching it. Like I I would, I think I was just, I mean, I love the show. It's a great show and you should watch it if you can. But I was watching it because, oh my gosh, the location, the food, like it's, it's just everything I love. And Italy is just, to me, it's, it's a country I can go back to over and over again. Cause I just think it like the culture, the beauty, and it's my favorite cuisine. Like you can give oh, me pizza yeah. pasta all day. Oh yeah. <laughs> and a little gelato. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. I love it. I've never been to Sicily, but I love Italy. And I just feel like there's so much still left for me to explore there. What a, yeah. what a beautiful country. And it's so different in every area. Yes. It's probably one of the only, like, I've, I feel like I've traveled plenty and I've loved where I've gone, but it's really one of the only countries where I'm like, I could go back even to the same places and I would be perfectly mm-hmm. happy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, now I want to like book a trip. This, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It's been a, it's been a long time since I've been to Italy too. I think it was, I think it was about 10 years ago. So oh, I think wow. I'm overdue. I was going to say, yeah, maybe now's the time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Now, on a very different note, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? I would be a sea turtle. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I actually, when I was in Australia, I went to the Great Barrier Reef, and I feel like I had this, like, euphoric moment with a sea turtle. It was, like, me and this giant sea turtle in the ocean, oh. and it was honestly, like, one of the best experiences of my life. But why I'd want to be a sea turtle is because they're just, they're, like, not concerned right they're just on their own time they take their sweet time like they never seem stressed you know they're yeah. just I feel like they get it yeah they get it they they get like they get the deeper meaning of life and I'm like I just want to I want to be one with the turtle you're so right and they seem so wise too yes maybe it's because they live so long yeah there's there might be something to that yeah they're like you guys are so crazy out there we're just gonna chill yeah, We're gonna take it easy. You can stress over there. We're just going to be lollygagging. Yeah. Oh, I love the sea turtles. <laughs> now, if you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? I'd love to play the piano. Oh, yeah. But like, you know, in a way where it's like, holy crap, you know, like yeah. a master pianist. Yeah, I think that'd be amazing. Oh, yeah. I think it's like one of the most beautiful instruments. 
It is. And I'm always so, I think, taken aback when someone does it really well. Mm-hmm. Like it's mesmerizing. So yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, my final rapid fire for you, and this mm-hmm. can be personal, professional, any area of life, but what is next on your bucket list? Mm, I was thinking travel and yeah. um, Portugal has been on my on my list. My big 40th is coming up. So that might be the trip. I don't know. I, there's like a big trip in mind and I feel like Portugal might be it. That would be beautiful. We've had a few guests on the show that have either lived in Portugal or spent a lot of time there. And it just, oh, yeah? it's it's been calling to me a little bit myself. Mm. Um, just sounds like such an amazing, yeah. Wellness and Wanderlust meetup up there, I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is so it might cool. be like a retreat. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be so amazing. And I mean, what it like even just bucket list in general, having a big trip for your 40th, I think what an incredible. Yeah. Why not? Right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, Tal, this has been so lovely. I have really enjoyed our conversation and I think that so much, yeah, what you've said really, I think helps our listeners, especially those who are going through it right now. It makes us feel just that much less alone. I think in a very, what can feel like a very isolating time, I think also really gives a lot of very practical tips to get through something that can be so difficult. Before I let you go, can you tell our listeners just a little bit about your program and how listeners can find you and connect? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a three-month group coaching program called the Breakup to Badass Formula. And I work really intimately with you, you know, like I said before, to really help you let go of the X to really learn how to love yourself and then be ready for your best relationship yet. Because ultimately, uh, I know a lot of you know, women out there, that is what they want for themselves. And there's nothing wrong with it. But it's learning how to love your life in the process of it, not until you know, you're in that relationship again. So it's really useful to be alongside other women who are going through this because it's going to be motivating and it helps you know that you are not alone. Because like you said, it is a very isolating time. There is also a way to work with me one-on-one with You'll still get my LHC blueprint, which really helps you move forward. But we work one-on-one because some people really want that private container, which I totally understand as well. And you can find me on Instagram at the Tagliardini. And if you are going through a breakup and you have a question, feel free to DM me and I'd be happy to point you in the right direction. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm going to make sure to link that in the show notes. I think your program sounds amazing and I will definitely be recommending it to anyone I know going through. Thank you. Of course. I I think this is just so helpful. And again, there's so many practical tips in here too. Because I think again, like we disconnect from our intuition in relationships, but we do it in so many areas of our lives and Mm -hmm. the ways that we're not showing up for ourselves with those romantic relationships. I mean, that's going to manifest itself in so many other ways in our lives. And if we can really start to unpack and uncover that, we we can manifest the lives we, we want to live in so many different ways. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> so well stated. Yeah, seriously. It's absolutely, absolutely right. Because you think it's this one area of your life, but when you really clean up this one area of your life, you watch how other areas of your life change for the better. Absolutely. Well, Tal, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing this wisdom with us. This has been such a lovely conversation and I look forward to following more of your journey. Thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was so great getting to know Tal and learning more about her breakup to badass formula. Breakups can be such an isolating time and I think it's so important to have that support system in place through it all. 
Having a coach like Tall to guide you through the process can be so incredibly powerful because it's almost a process of coming back home to yourself, which can be exciting, but also scary. And working with someone like Tall would be incredibly empowering through an otherwise very challenging and lonely time in life. I really loved everything Tal had to say about taking your power back and starting to love yourself again. And I highly recommend connecting with her if this episode resonated with you. I have linked Tal's information in the show notes. If you are going through a breakup right now or you know someone who is, Tal is such a lovely connection to have. Plus, she posts a ton of great content for helping you learn to love yourself and for getting over your ex. And I love following along. So as always, I want to thank each and every one of you for being a part of the Wellness and Wanderlust community and for tuning in this week. If you'd like to share your feedback with us, my Instagram handle is Wellness and Wanderlust blog. I am also available by email at Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E at wellnessandwanderlust.net. You can also lend your support to the show by leaving that rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in from. It makes such a difference to podcasters everywhere, including myself. So I would love to hear from you. I hope you all have a fabulous day. I can't wait to see you next time.